Hi there, this is Christian Horner. You've won the Austria Grand Prix. <laughs> this is Sergio Perez. Hi, I'm Max Stappen. You are listening to Talking Bulls, the official Red Bull Racing podcast. Oh, this feels good. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Talking Ball, the podcast that gets you right inside the Red Bull Racing team. And it's been a brilliant week. Max Verstappen powered his way to the top of the Formula One driver standings with a superbly executed drive to take second place at the Turkish Grand Prix. And well done to Sergio Perez too, who claimed his first podium finish since the French Grand Prix. He performed a battling drive to third place. That's Formula One, but we wanted to bring you an extra special episode today. This is an eSports takeover. It's taking the sporting world by storm, so we wanted to give you a look into one of the biggest new events on the planet. Coming up, we catch up with one of our superstar Red Bull Racing eSports drivers, Sebastian Job. But first, we wanted to catch up with two people that competed in the F1 Virtual Series, Alex Albon and Liam Lawson. Steve Nash spoke to both of them last week. Alex Albon and Liam Lawson, welcome to the Talking Ball podcast. How are you both doing today? I'm good. I was doing better until I found out you were hosting us, to be honest. <laughs> Thanks very much, mate. Um, I really appreciate that. <laughs> How are you both doing, guys? Lovely. Even better, even better that I know you're hosting us. That's very I'm good, nice. Yeah, I'm also good. Thank you. <laughs> Pleased to hear it. How are you both finding your first season of DTM? Is this the first time both of you have raced in closed cockpit cars in a season? Because I know you normally open cockpit single seaters. How's how's that been for you both? Yeah, it's been a bit different. Let's put it like that. When you go from karting into single seaters, there's always this like, well, when you when you want to be in Formula One, you you don't go this route. You, you go towards the you know Formula Four, Formula Three, Formula Two. Um, so DTM is is like a different world. It's like going into this other area which a lot of people have established their careers going the opposite way um, because truthfully speaking if you're not in Formula 1 it's very hard to make a career in single-seaters but there's a lot more opportunity in these tin tops which which we're driving uh, this year. And what about you Liam? How how do you make that adjustment? Obviously from one weekend you're racing in F2 then the next weekend you're racing in DTM. <clears throat> how, how did you do that transition so so well i suppose to be fair at the start of the year i sucked at it um like it was it was a massive massive step uh, every everything about the way you drive the two cars is different um and i didn't really struggle so much going from f2 to dtm but going from dtm back to f2 um have to speed everything up again and that was like that was quite tough i had a test early in the year it was our last pre-season it was after the first round of f2 but they still called it a pre-season test and it was in barcelona and I'd just done a weekend or two weekends of DTM and in the first session we went out on on new tires and my first push was like three seconds off and I was like my, I remember my engineer coming across going eight ten sector one 1.2 sector two 1.1 and it was like I just could not believe how how far off I was it took like half the day to, to get back where I was um but I, I learned a little bit about the main things to focus on every time I stepped into the cars and it got a lot easier and now I don't think uh now the step's not so not so different I know I've driven both the cars enough to know what to to expect going between them and is there anything you can do I guess off track to improve or is it literally just more time in that car and you'll get better the most uh, important or the, the thing that did the most was just driving more both the cars but um for f2 we do simulator sessions before every weekend so that was always that was always good um 
and I think that's yeah. But honestly, the the thing that's um, helped the most was just doing transitioning between them all the time. Uh, I just got used to it. And Alex, obviously, you're incredibly busy in the factory in your role as a sort of test and reserve driver. Um, how's that been this season? Is that something you've enjoyed helping the team with? Yes, there's been like that nice continuation. So it's been um, it's been pretty rewarding, surprisingly enjoyable to be able to kind of see the work that you do on the simulator. Um, get transitions onto the track and you know even just to hear the comments from the drivers to say yeah this was better you know that's always nice to to know oh we did the right thing I mean sometimes it goes the other way of course sometimes Saturday was worse than Friday and it's like <laughs> okay <laughs> that wasn't me I have no involvement in that um, but no it's 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 good I enjoy it of course would be better to be driving but it, it's been nice and uh, great from my experience to see almost like a an outlook on on what goes into making the car quick because obviously we spend so much time at a racetrack and with the engineers track side but we don't see the big picture all the time being involved in the whole process it's good and I think it will serve me purpose and and give me more experience going into next year. Could you give like the listeners at home a bit of a insight into what your week slash weekend looks like from an F1 point of view now so if you take the Turkish Grand Prix for an example, because I don't think people quite probably appreciate the hours that you do in our simulator, the mm. times you have to fly to the track. Um, and then, and then, and then you that. guys, you guys pulling me in that during lunch break to do more stuff. Yes, I mean, I think you enjoy doing that, though, don't you? You've always got a smile on your face, at least. Anyway, <laughs> no, no, it's good. I mean, Turkey's a hard one to to do because obviously with the DTM stuff, I've been a bit busy. But let's say you take Russia last race, we were. On the sim Tuesday, Wednesday, I would say 50% of what I do right now is is going is focusing on next year. The designers are working on a artificial car. It's it's all in the on a computer basically, and um, we're starting to do st- stuff in the wind tunnel, of course. But for the majority of it, we've got predictive numbers. We we think we're tracking where the car's progressing to. So, at the start of the year, the car was obviously let's say down down here in terms of downforce. It was very low, and we're kind of just ramping it up each time I drive the simulator we've got more and more downforce in the new car and because of that we have to track where the car is going in terms of balance and um, how to optimize the car and then we shift our attention so once we finish on Wednesday Thursday Friday we start to focus on the actual race weekend that we're, we're at so for instance on in Russia Thursday is just making sure that we're happy with where the car is doing test items for the guys different wing levels checking what would be the wind levels as well um, in terms of balance and then Friday is kind of actually when the fun day starts that's when we're kind of live we're we're tuned into the track and um, we're listening to the guys to the feedback from Checo and Max and then offering up our suggestions so when let's say Max comes into the car he wants this and this and this we first make sure that we have the same issues as he does on track. So let's say he struggles with uh, a loose rear end in turn two. We will make the loose rear end in turn two and then we'll adjust it accordingly and make sure he can be happy with it. And then we'll give that feedback to to his engineer. And then we do the same thing for Checo. We, we, we'll, we'll speak with his engineer. What does he need in the car? Create it, find a solution for it and then and then give it back. So. By that point, it's kind of 9, 9 p.m. that we finish by. And uh, sometimes it goes on longer, sometimes 10, 30, 11. And then on, on, on Saturday, we, it's kind of like a 3 a.m., 4 a.m. wake-up call. 
and I'm off to to the racetrack. That's a very busy week, especially when you take into account your DTM stuff. It's busier than 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 when I was in Formula One, which is crazy to think because when you're in Formula One and you're racing every weekend, more or less, it feels hectic. And here it's even more hectic. I was just was speaking to Liam about it. Like it's, um, I've actually I had a week off last week, but that was my first week off in four four and a half months. And then how is it for you, Liam? Obviously racing in Formula Two, you're you're going strong in the championship again. Yeah, talk us a little bit about your season so far and and how you're finding it in Formula Two this year. Yeah, I mean, I thought uh, I thought I was busy this year until uh, <laughs> Alex explained to me the what he was going through. So. Um, it's been it's been very up and down F2 this year with the the way the calendar is the rounds are very spread out um, we have an extra race on the weekend but it means that there's two reverse grid races and quite honestly it means it's just it's it's quite hard to survive the Saturday and finish strongly um, it's yeah it's quite difficult to be consistent every weekend especially when you're you're fighting sort of um, not in like the mid pack but uh, you're you're Obviously, it's a lot easier when you're starting at the front, but even when you qualify pole uh, or at the front, then you're starting reverse grids um, for at least one of the one of the three races. So um, it's been it's been okay. Uh, we had a strong start. The pace was really good earlier in the season, and um, we had a good first couple of rounds in F2, and then uh, we struggled at a couple of tracks. Um, Silverstone wasn't good for us. Sochi was uh, was quite difficult as well. So we definitely missed out on a lot of points and opportunities. But on the other hand, um, DTM this year was quite a lot stronger. But at the same time, it almost it feels like uh, with the the way the format is with DTM, obviously where you qualify is where you start for both races. And it feels a little bit more like in your control than some of the stuff with F2. So I, w- I would have liked to have done better this season in, in Formula 2, though, that's for sure. And with the two of you obviously spending more time together and probably getting to know each other better, do you take any on an intimate level on an intimate level exactly a close intimate personal level do you share advice liam like do you ask alex for advice from you know how he did an f2 and how he came through and got his drive in formula one yeah honestly yes um i I actually uh alex is we have quite often these these long airport drives where we drive from either the airport to the track or, or the other way Sometimes they can be yeah reasonably late at night and uh, it's it's really really interesting. Um, he's been really helpful this year with uh, with literally everything, even not just uh, advice on Formula Two stuff and um, even F1 stuff, but with DTM, Alex's feedback is yeah really accurate um, and quite in depth. And I think for me this year, I was saying to him yesterday actually. When I'm sitting next to the engineers and they're writing stuff down, they have boxes with uh, our, our our feedback, and Alex's boxes always are way bigger than my boxes. But that's so. that's also because I complain more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's been good. I've uh, I honestly have learnt um, learnt a lot uh, being with Alex this year. And did you know each other very well before DTM? I I know obviously we'll go on to shortly like esports, and I know you've done some things together in that world, but. Were you mates? Were you? Did you know each other very well before DTM? Not too well. Like uh, Liam's pretty young on the Red Bull program, and by that point, I was in F1. So then we didn't cross paths that much. Only only briefly during exactly what you said during the during the esports stuff, and then coming into this year. So obviously, I I know as well a little bit high tech and that or Liam's race team, Formula Two team. So 
Um, there's a little bit there too, but rarely actually. I think this year we've, we've kind of got to know each other. We obviously briefly touched then on the esports stuff, and we know you're quite keen gamers. Just look at Liam's backdrop, and I think that sort of sort of says it all. Um, you look, you look like you look hardcore. Yeah, like, I know it looks bad. Uh, it looks, <laughs> it looks mean, like I'm, I'm expecting like I don't know, like an anime poster in the background. <laughs> yeah. How much I, time do you get to use that? I guess Liam, considering we just uh, talked about both your schedules, but. Is that the place you go for downtime? Honestly, yes. But then downtime ends up just turning into angry, angry time because I get so <laughs> angry. I play Call of Duty and I just end up just raging at everything. So um, it, it, it's sometimes good and it's sometimes not good. I have my simulator here as well that I spend some time on. But um, it is, it's normally like the like this week, for example, in between. It'll be like the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that I play with my friends from home it'll either be early in the morning or late at night because of the the time difference um to new zealand but uh, it'll normally be the monday tuesday wednesday and then either wednesday or thursday i'll go to um to the track that i'm racing at does that help you be able to keep that relationship with you know your mates back at home obviously back in new zealand it's you can't just well especially now hop on a flight and go and see them honestly it's the the only thing that's really kept me in contact online gaming is there anything that's really kept me in contact with a lot of my friends from home i for sure i've lost contact with a lot of people that i used to be friends with um which is i think quite normal but uh, like online gaming whether it's um racing people on simulators or um or any online game stuff it's really the only thing that has kept me in contact with a lot of my friends this year that's really cool and alex what about you how do you game match obviously will go into the virtual pro series from last year shortly but mm. on a downtime you've you know got a couple of hours free do you do you like to game and if so what sort of games do you like to play i would say i used to game more i feel like i'm getting at that age now where i game less and less i feel like a i feel like a, a boomer i have like a small group of friends that we've played since i was what, 13 14 and we've we've played pretty much it's always the same group of people and also with my girlfriend lily we we play because we're in a long distance relationship so um we play games not call of duty but um you know like the the weird games like among us or or even Fortnite and things like that which is which is fun like it's a great way to like socialize and communicate and stay in touch um but I, honestly i haven't played that much but if anyone out there is willing to give me a, a simulator in monaco come over Send me a DM. I have to get that <laughs> cheeky plug in. Nashi is like just shaking his head. He's like, I can't believe it. <laughs> you did a shameless plug in your circuit scout as well, didn't you? For album pets. Album pets. Yeah, but that's expected. The uh, I actually did one. Um, I won't say the car because that that would be a shameless plug in itself. But I did a shameless plug uh, during the weekend because I really like this Liam and I we both we both like this car and uh, I've been trying to get this car in Monaco but they cost too much money so I'm, I'm I did a shameless plug during the during the uh, during the really end. yeah 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 <laughs> you're a changed man Alex Albon so let's move back let's move back <laughs> after the shameless plug 2020 obviously was the start of the COVID-19 sort of pandemic and F1 I think was one of the first sports to probably take an initiative and make esports something where they'd get the real world drivers into a virtual world, put it on TV at a time where no live sport was happening. I think Alex, you were 
you might even race in the very first race, I think, which was in Melbourne. Mm. How did you find that? Did you enjoy it? Did it feel like, did it feel that need for some competitive action? And mm. how good yeah. do you think it was for fans to have that void? It was weird because we started it off and first of all, it was such a, let's say like relaxed in, in the way that we didn't realize how big it would become. And when we started it off, it was like, you know, we were like barely made the start because we were all messing around doing whatever. And, and it was just like, oh, do this, do that. But then just being competitors and being the way we are, when, when one takes it a bit more seriously and goes quick, then it's like, oh, you're not going to settle for that. So you then you start practicing more. You start, and it actually, honestly, by the end of the the season, you're just like, I'm trying, I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm spending too much time on this. Like, I, I'm, it's getting a bit silly now. But it was fun. It was really fun. I enjoyed it. Um, and I most probably more than that, I just enjoyed, you know, hanging out with the other drivers. And I think um, the fans loved it. Again, it was a surprise to see how much people enjoyed that stuff. I think. We didn't expect that for sure. For, for us, it's normal, you know, kind of the way we talk to each other and let's say banter around with everything. But of course, when when you realise that most people don't see that side to us where they see the serious side where we're at racetrack all the time. Um, and yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. I think uh, it was nice to keep that competitive side during that period where we weren't driving at all. And that's what I was going to say. I think you say that exactly right. It showed a side of you that people hadn't seen and shown a side of the relationships you have with the other drivers. You know, everyone sees you if you're being interviewed mm. or in a race car. They don't see you and George, you know, and yes. a couple of memes coming out of you going, George, <laughs> and things like that. Like, George. That, <laughs> that's, that's amazing for fans, isn't it? And then also it helps, I think, then when real-life racing begins there's yes. an even more bigger connection to you. And did you notice that on your sort of social channels? Yes, it took off like, um, they called it the Twitch Quartet or whatever I think it was. Because yes, we, we, we've raced each other since we were, you know, kids. And we've spent a lot of our time with each other, being teammates or just hanging out with each other. So like you said, it was normal for us. And then truthfully, even during that time, like when, when we are streaming, at least for me, I was so in the moment of streaming, like I didn't really, there was no like filter towards anything. It was almost like, you know, you were just talking to, to them like like you would normally without anything being there. You only realize, you know, there's a lot of people watching you, but that kind of gets lost in the whole gaming side to everything. And, you know, when you're shouting George or or whatever, um, that stuff kind of like dissipates and you don't hear, think about it. Um, but yes, it, it was quite surprising. I think... It's mostly opened, I, I don't know about you guys, but I think it's opened up everyone's eyes to the power of online gaming, esports. And, you know, when you listen to these numbers coming in that, you know, kids, they watch more esports than real sports. It's no surprise to some ex to some extent that our social media numbers get picked up quite aggressively from that because obviously all the kids are on social media these days. But it's, yeah, it's it's crazy to think, you know, this is the new wave coming in. As a sport, I think it's amazing. During the virtual GP, I, I, one of my, my teammate for one race was uh, Sergio Aguero. And um, if he played FIFA with me, I don't think he would be much better than me at FIFA. Maybe he is. Maybe he's a master at FIFA. We'll have to find out now, maybe. Exactly. <laughs> but, but there's not that relationship where, no matter how good he is with a football, he can't show that 
on a on a on a PlayStation. Where for us, when we're driving simulators, of course we might not be as good as the professional esports guys, but a lot of what we do translate to to what we race. You know, we've got a steering wheel, a seat, a pedals, and we've got most of what we need to drive quickly. We understand the racing line and all that kind of thing and the limit. Um, so it translates very well, which is quite unique sport to be in. I don't think there's unless you're playing Wii Sports, <laughs> playing golf or something. There's there's no other real comparison towards it where you can directly have real world athletes being able to do to be quick or to do well, you know, in a virtual world. Exactly. And Liam, you I think joined the Virtual Pro Series slightly after Alex, but you raced with us for a few of the races. Um, how did you enjoy it? And you obviously I think built a bit of a relationship with some of our esports team as well during that talk us a little bit about your experience i did the china race um and uh i did it with alpha tori so i was with alex that was the first time uh i'd spoken to alex um and it was it was fun it was really cool i had uh no no idea what to expect doing it i was just racing from home the biggest issue was i was racing in new zealand so I had like 300 ping and so racing people was just ridiculous. I had to leave five car widths of space for every single car. <laughs> Otherwise I just got like pinged off and, uh, and it was, so the start of the race was just, I spun three times on the first lap trying to avoid cars, but it was cool. It was fun to, fun to do. And yeah, I think, uh, I did a session with, um, one of the esports drivers to, to learn everything. And, um, I like, I could not believe how far off. The, how far off I was when I started like it's really it is a skill to, to drive like especially on the F1 game is it's like an extra skill to, to be quick on it so uh, it definitely took a while but um, no I really enjoyed it well I can't remember what the other one I did was ah, so it was Silverstone hey was it again with you Alex was it was with yes, you right I yeah think so. yes but the esports drivers qualified for us and to, to, oh, to yeah. where we started <laughs> yeah. and my esports driver was uh was Rasmussen and he, he didn't do any practice so I started last <laughs> for the race <laughs> I think joke. he wanted to give you a challenge didn't he I'm guessing that yeah. was <laughs> we obviously have seen you both be involved in our Rebel Racing esports kit launch Alex you were the, the man that launched the video and both of you were involved in that night. Um, a, dr- you, that was during a during a sim day, obviously. Do you um <laughs> do you follow the Rebel Racing Esports team much? They've obviously got the new series of their F1 Esports Pro Championship mm. launching on the 13th. They're reigning champions again. Yeah, I would say most probably not so much. Like um, I'm most probably Liam's a bit more involved with it than I am. But obviously, I know how well, how good we are at our esports side. I think we're we're pretty much the leaders in in what we do. So it's nice to see, and I think you guys do a great job at promoting it. So I, I tend to see it social socially as well. And as I said, because I've driven it this game, and I know kind of the skill level they're at, it's really cool to see these guys performing at the top of their game. It's almost unappreciated how good they are at these games. Like it's it's crazy how how much time they spend on them. Yeah. And what about you, Lim? Will you do you follow it much, or are you similar to Alex? If you can get time, you will. I do a bit. Last, obviously, I know last year that um, that that we we won the series, and actually this year I went uh, I went into the factory and saw like the new esports um, arena. Um, they I think they call it. And it's yeah, the arena. Really, yeah, yeah, arena. Sorry, yeah. And have you have you been in the arena <laughs> yourself, Alex? Obviously, it's pretty. I have pretty cool place. 
I have. It's very cool. I think um, once COVID opens up, especially, and we can get more of the esports guys coming in um, and using it as a proper facility to train in, um, and of course, for you guys get more content, that would be really, really cool. But the place itself, it's really impressive. Obviously, top of the end stuff. So like is that you Wars saying door. then that that you and Liam want to come into the arena and race against the guys when they can? Is that what I gather from that? No, Alex? no, 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 no. Because it's honestly frustrating to, to race against oh, them. God, like, yeah. What I find tricky is like it's hard to know how they get their lap time because the game itself is actually quite easy to be quick, yeah. like quite quick straight away. It's easy to get within, let's say, half a second, four tenths. I could be like top 20 on the leaderboard if I practice enough. But then to go to like, the, the, firstly, they don't even post their lap times on the leaderboard. So you never actually see what lap times they can do. I don't know why they, they're, they're, it's like real racing where they're hiding their pace for the, for the tournaments and they hide their setups and all that kind of thing. But then when you go to, uh, to find the extra four tenths, it's like, it's like black magic and, uh, it's frustrating. It, it's insane how fast, like, uh, <laughs> and and like when I did the when I did the test day, and I was following uh, the esports driver, I was just like watching him like drive away from me, and I was like, how how is this happening? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm driving like, so good right now. I'm not missing any apexes. I'm like using all the grip, and he's still driving away from me. I know. It's insane. So we sort of spoke about the the launch. You were, I think, did you both play Rocket League on that? We did. did you be? Rocket League, what, what, what a great game. Do you like that, that is, game? That is a great game. I, that is a really good game. I, <laughs> Liam's I, I hate it. that game so much. <laughs> like, it's the worst, uh, man. When you're with your friends and it's like, and you're just messing, like late nights, um, and it's like, you guys, you're all rubbish. Like every, the, other, the other team's useless as well. <laughs> and it's just chaos. Uh, it's so much fun. Hey, and actually, you, you guys got like the Red Bull F1 cars in the game, which is quite cool. Yeah. Why do Why do you dislike it, Liam? What's the I reason in that? I suck at it. Like I, <laughs> I am so 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 bad at this game. And to be fair, when I've played it, I've played it on three hundred ping normally as well. Like when we played it at home, I was on three hundred ping again. And uh, the ball's so like the ball, yeah, yeah, and I'm like I'm like hitting the ball and nothing's happening basically. <laughs> so it's just a frustrating situation to to be in. But um, I don't know. Maybe if I played more and got better at the game, I would like it more. Yeah, probably. I think there's. I mean, I guess it's so different to what you're doing as well. It's that's why it's enjoyable or maybe not enjoyable. I don't know. Same with all gaming. I guess it's so yeah. far away from what you're doing, and yeah. it it can help you get out of that zone of whatever you're in. Even if you you know had a had a weekend you want to forget it can help you forget that can't it gaming? It can do, it can do yes. Like uh, it's a good escape from everything. I think also you you know drivers we a lot of people I don't do it but there's a lot of drivers that take you know a console with them or something. Mm. It's a good way to kind of relax. I mean even you know Max is a good example of that. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's some cases where like we're like five minutes before qualifying and he's playing FIFA or whatever he's doing he loves it he loves it but it's good because it gets him away from the distractions of you know we've got so much media so much everything and you can get lost in that kind of that kind of circus and um, it's nice to slow things down and do things that you enjoy that you can kind of distance yourself away from it all well yeah I think that's it so thank you very much both of you for for your time um, best of luck 
the rest of the season in all the different areas of motorsport you're in. Um, thank you. Thank you very much, and hopefully, what a what a sensational interview. Thank you, thank you. That's very kind of you, Alex. <laughs> well done, boys. Can't wait to see more of you on the virtual track. Next up, Steve spoke to British driver and Red Bull legend Sebastian Job. He's one of our Red Bull Racing esports drivers, and will be making the switch to F1 esports this year. Over to you, chaps. Uh, Sebastian Job, welcome to the Talking Bull podcast. Uh, how are you doing today? Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Um, I'm good. I'm good. We just uh, finished a morning session of practice, so I'm a little bit tired from that. But um, yeah, uh, same as always. So yeah, good to be here. Obviously, you just said then that you finished your morning practice. For you know, those of our sort of Rebel Racing Honda fans aren't aware, you're the 2020 Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup champion, which is, may I say an incredibly impressive uh, feat to have by your name. But this year, you're moving into the world of F1 esports. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, that transition from racing in, in PESC and iRacing to to the world of F1 esports and, and how have you done and what's the sort of practice that you've done today consist of to help you make that change? The first big change was that, um, like, there's quite a few more of us practicing for this competition um when it was in the porsche uh super cup it was uh we had a bit of a smaller team but now uh there's there's a good big group of us and it means that we're practicing we're all on at the same time every day we have a schedule that we're sticking to which we i've had in the past but when there's a big group of you i think it's um quite quite a big change uh, and it's really nice the driving side is completely different i've had to basically do a complete 180 on my driving style i'm still learning now to be honest uh and you know the season starts in a week and a half and i'm still learning ever something every day uh so I, i'd like to get to the point where i'm not learning anymore but i think <laughs> you always are really um even in a few years i'll still be learning yeah there's been a huge change in driving so i'm having to be a lot smoother initially coming onto the throttle then my braking has to be a lot harder initially but then the trailing off has to be incredibly precise in order to avoid uh, any lockups. It's a big change in driving style. On iRacing I was I had a relatively aggressive driving style. I like to use myself to make the car get loose and on this I'm very uh, it feels like I'm having to hold myself back in a way. It's uh, it's quite odd um, <laughs> the feeling but it's uh, I've learned a lot to be honest, and some stuff that I can carry over to iRacing, I think. Uh, but yeah, like uh, switching from games is a big transition. I've been driving this game for, oh, I think f almost half a year now, um, at least intensely for a couple months, and I'm still like adjusting. So it's not not easy. And when the level of the competition is so high, and I've gone from what in my eyes is the most competitive series on iRacing to now undoubtedly the most competitive series on F1. And that, in my opinion, those are the two most competitive series in the whole of sim racing. So it's it's uh, it's quite <laughs> quite a task to swap over and get used to it. Yeah, I can imagine. And you said obviously you've had to completely relearn, I guess, how to mm. to sim race. How do you do that? Do you have to take it all the way back to basics? Is it right? I know I I'm good on iRacing, so let me jump into F1 esports and see how I can get, and then get some advice from there. Like, how does that the learning phase begin, I guess. 
so luckily I've got the the best team in the world to like support me. You know, they won the championship last year, so I, I have the best drivers to learn from. I can ask them for advice. Uh, I can record a lap, upload it, and then see what they think of it. Um, get some small pointers, and then also I'm I'm quite self-critical, luckily. Uh, so if I if I do watch back a lap, I'm like being quite harsh on myself like oh that was terrible through there um but then i will also take note of what was good and then you have to look at it why was this good why did the car suddenly turn a bit better this lap uh and then you have to start looking into the braking you know maybe look into the telemetry oh i braked like 10 percent less this lap and it made the tires not overheat as much for example or it just gave me some really good rotation because of that uh, and then I have to try and emulate it and that's I think where the biggest problem comes from because to emulate stuff on this game you have to be very precise. When you're swapping game it, you, you've you lost this confidence that you had on the previous game where on Aracing I felt like I could just do everything the same every lap without fail and it, it, it was like this you just feel it within yourself that you can just do whatever you want and the car will respond how you know and then you swap to another game and you it's like you don't have that confidence because you don't know what the car might do because you've not driven thousands of hours on this game uh, and you don't so you've, you've got to kind of learn that and it's building up that confidence again uh, and then yeah just looking at the small details like even today i realized going into turn one for bahrain i was uh braking a little bit too aggressively in the past and so i've released the brake a little bit sooner now or started to come off the brake a bit sooner and because of that the car is now starting to rotate into the apex a bit earlier i can then brake later in general because of it and also get a bit earlier in the throttle just because the car is turning really well in the middle of the corner and i gained like not even half a tenth <laughs> from doing that but it's like these small margins that you you you're looking for that add up over the lap yeah so it's yeah it's a long process but it is rewarding when you do figure stuff out like that yeah i can imagine and even though obviously this is your first year in F1 esports I understand that you um set a world record around Albert Park in a DHL time trial but obviously taken over a lot of your talent and converted it very quickly into the new game though even though you are learning yeah I think uh that was a pretty good lap to be fair but I was still wasn't very happy with it um which is quite crazy like I, I just drove that combination so much to make sure I absolutely was going to qualify because we didn't have a leaderboard to compare uh, so I was just driving uh, the, the track non-stop every day for uh, oh, probably like a week or two, uh, if I remember right. And so, yeah, I ended up setting the world record. And I, even after like two weeks of driving the same track, I still wasn't happy with the lap. Um, and I think if I went back now, hopefully I would be able to improve on it. Uh, but the, yeah, it's a lot. I think the majority of the skills come over, but it's, it's one thing to set a lap in... Um, in time trial mode you know where you're just hot lapping over and over and then it's a completely other thing to do it when it matters uh in a qualifying session where you only have three laps or four laps um in total probably throughout the whole full qualifying and you know you have these gaps in between you and it's it's all about nailing it when it matters in in time trial i've got hundreds of laps uh hundreds of attempts if i if i mess up turn one i just restart and uh it's pretty easy to get a decent lap by doing that eventually uh but with this it, it's the consistency i can't do it every lap as much as i would want to whereas someone like freddie 
he is nailing every corner every single time and that's why he's so good on this game I'm not I'm not really sure what to expect for the season because I know I don't have that quite there and I know it's not going to come for a long time it's just something you build over time so it will be yeah I'm trying not to set my set any targets a season just because of that uh because I know there's something missing and I know I'll get there eventually but it's just something that comes with time and you can't really rush that process I think obviously this year you're racing for the Scuderia AlphaTauri F1 esports team although you're part of Rebel Racing esports which means the relationship is is all under one roof with the Rebel Racing esports team isn't it and like you said with Freddie and Marcel you've briefly sort of mentioned it but how much do those drivers and Yoni as well he's obviously part of your team in AlphaTauri how do those guys help you like because obviously they're trying to learn themselves aren't they they're trying to improve but as you're all one part of one team and we know here at you know in Red Bull Racing that you're all incredibly close do they take the time out of their day to to help you sort of take that next step yeah absolutely I mean whenever we're practicing if someone hits a really good lap often I'll be straight there like can you record that please like um, (laughs) I want to see what you did and that every time you know I'll, I'll get a replay and I can have a look and if I upload a lap, um, so often it's not even to ask for help. I'll just upload a lap to show someone else what I did. But then I'll get feedback on it, like, oh, you can actually do this. And then I go and try it and I get a little bit of time. Uh, we we have um, used telemetry quite a bit as well. I think that that's pretty helpful to have, especially when I first started the game. I used it more. Um, we were doing some Vietnam uh, on last year's game and I was comparing telemetry to freddy and it was like i i quickly identified some big problems that i was carrying over from iRacing um, because that was the first track i did when i swapped um so yeah i you know we're, we're all practicing together i think also just having a big group it makes practice a lot more fun um you know we're kind of all joking about most of the time well you know we go serious whenever the lap starts but you know you got your out laps and while you're in the pit lane and you know can just uh talk amongst each other but the you know as far as working together goes i think we're we're a really good group to be honest and i think that's the key to it and there's no egos that are saying oh you, you can't have this lap i don't want to show you what i'm doing here or whatnot it's everyone is there to help each other um, because if we can have as many cars near the front we can help each other out and you know that's the goal it it is at the end of the day a team's championship and i think we're all pretty aware of that definitely and i think as well that obviously we're still in a world of which we were in 2020 with you know coronavirus and the uh, the travel restrictions you've not actually been able to come to the rebel racing esports arena either have you to practice together is that make things harder when you're trying to do it all virtually or is that I suppose just part of the world that that we live in and actually with esports that it's all virtual that you can help each other quickly like that or do you think you'd have improved quicker maybe if you were in the arena with all of the guys together it's actually there's two sides for it really because um on one hand you know practicing at home your equipment is the same and you're not having to like wet when you go to the arena it might be slightly off and you have to readjust things and maybe something feels a tiny bit off and you get used to that over time but at first there's maybe a day or two to transition so you you can avoid that but at the same time 
being there in person with everyone is like it's a lot more fun uh it's it's nice to be able to go out for dinner in the evenings and just t- chat about the day um and whatnot and then just if you know you're practicing in person uh you can just easily go and watch someone's lap or something and also at the arena there's a lot of uh extra data that we can pull up i'm pretty sure um, i've not been able to use it really yet but uh from what i've heard you know we can have someone's feed on the main screen we can have their telemetry up uh, and whatnot and so i think it's a bit of a shame we've not been able to use it yet but hopefully uh, in the future we can i've i've been there um i've seen it uh, but not really been able to use it as such um but it would be nice to kind of have everyone there working together uh, i think it would you know make things even better it's already we're already having a good time as it is but it you know it can always be a bit better and i think that would be awesome if we could do it you said how strong a relationship you built and um liam lawson was saying when we spoke to him earlier about how it's esports has actually kept him in touch with his friends in new zealand at a time that he can't travel how amazing is the esports community in terms of how you all get on and build relationships at times maybe when it's hard to maintain relationships in the real world the thing is this as a job can if you're not careful it could be a very lonely job in a way because at the end of the day you are you're in your own house in your own room normally just sat behind a screen for quite a while and if you don't have a supportive people about and teammates that you're close to it could become very lonely quite quickly i think that's uh where we kind of come into our own i I know marcel in the past said the difference between where he is now in this team and where he's been in other teams where it wasn't as friendly it makes such a difference and like his driving has gone up another level since because of that because he's just so much more comfortable uh you know it's in a better environment you're happier and you're more motivated to practice because of that Uh, and like i said like if if you're on your own not talking to anyone every day and just you know obviously you got people to talk to at other times but throughout the day while you're practicing it can get pretty boring and demotivating if you're on your own and so i think having those good relationships really makes it quite helpful and you know the i, I don't think uh out of the guy yeah everyone else is in a different country in our team at the moment and so the fact that i'm like just talking to them every day they're like in different time zones and but we're all practicing together uh it's it's quite cool to have that and then when you do finally meet them in person like i saw marcel at silverstone um earlier on this year it was great to you know have a catch up and basically spend a weekend together like in person just kind of chilling and having banter all the time um and it's just like over over discord like we normally do but in person so it's yeah it's really cool does that make you look forward to getting all of the team in the arena together then? Because I'm sure it's, yeah. well, it will happen at some point. And that's got to be something you're all pretty excited for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've heard the stories of like when they were boot camping at, uh, I think it was Twickenham last year, uh, or maybe it was the year before actually. Um, and they were all, you know, going out for dinner in the evenings, chilling. Uh, and I was, I was quite jealous because when I was doing iRacing, we didn't have a big team for that. So I'm kind of looking forward to to being able to be part of that, hopefully for next year. Um, and maybe even the later events um, this year. But yeah, I, I'm definitely looking forward to it because I think uh, 
it kind of brings the team closer together as well if you do that and then you're just gonna perform better on track as well definitely and how important is it in like you said in esports that it can be a lonely world so how how important is it to get that separation of right now i'm training between x hours and this hour but now is actually time for me to get away get away out of the room that i've been practicing in because i suppose that's the other thing isn't a lot of a lot of you guys your your rig is in your bedroom perhaps Mm. so how important is it to get remove yourself from that space to just sort of chill yeah uh, it's it's uh it's i think a really understated factor to be honest i think in this team we're quite aware of it you know we um unless it's like pretty much the weekend before the race we're we're normally taking the weekends off and we're not touching the the game really unless it's something we want to try out on our own um because you you do get very uh, tired from driving every day like this this year i've learned um kind of a new way to practice or to the extent at which i can actually practice without uh, burning myself up because on iRacing I, I didn't have as much of a schedule um whereas this year we're driving six hours a day minimum uh from like monday to friday and then if it's if there's something coming up we'll be driving on the weekend as well and on iRacing i can never do that much but now that i have this this schedule i know it's like a nine to five job almost and then i've got this kind (laughs) of it's bad to say this but i'm looking forward to the evening when i can finally stop driving um because i know i've then earned the right to kind of go out and relax um and you know i've put in the hard work that day uh whereas i think if you don't have a schedule then you then might be like oh i kind of want to drive in the evenings and whatnot and then you kind of you end up spending a lot of time on the computer when you need to go and take a break and you know you might not notice it at first but i think it does add up um you know you do get mentally fatigued uh, and bored as well uh you know you can spend too much time on it and then your performance is going to drop you're not going to want to drive the motivation has gone now you're not practicing as much and everything just drops because you lose your rhythm you you know you lose your confidence so it's it's a very important thing to balance this and i th- i think uh there's something you kind of gain from experience because you mess it up in the past and then you learn like next year okay i'm not gonna do this as much i, I i'm pretty sure i've heard the guys mention a few times like last year they at times they they think they drove a little bit too much and they started overdriving especially yoni um i've he's mentioned that he was starting to overdrive last year so he knows when to tone it back a bit this year and you know it's just kind of learning that from experience helps uh but yeah it's it's a very important factor i think probably there are some people coming into the series that aren't going to quite realize that maybe overwork themselves and miss out on pace because of it you've said that having the the experience of the team around you will certainly help you prepare yourself Mm. and obviously 13th of october the first round kicks off in bahrain um what are your what are your expectations have you set yourself a goal is that the way you you sort of operate or are you more i'll go in and see how it goes yeah i'm i'm honestly i'm really not sure at all i i want to set myself goals because it's always nice to achieve your goals but at the same time i i genuinely have no idea it could go really well or it could go really badly and because i've never raced in this series before 
Um, I've done a bit of league racing to prepare myself, uh, but that has been quite inconsistent. It's either been a pretty good result or it's been a DNF, basically. Uh, so, um, yeah, I've, I'm not 100% sure what I'm aiming for. It is the 13th of the month and my car number's 13, so hopefully that plays a bit of luck. <laughs> uh, gives me a bit of extra luck. But uh, I, I, the pace is really good, to be honest. I'm, I'm happy with it. It's just the consistency isn't quite there. You know, my, my PBs on every track I'm pretty happy with. Maybe uh, Austria, the third track, could be a little bit better. But we've still got, you know, a week and a half to go. So I don't really want to set any goals, but I'm just hoping to, you know, be ne somewhat near the front. And once I get a feel for that first first event, then I'll, I'll know where to aim for the rest of the season. Yeah, and visualise now you're sat in your in your rig ready to go it's the first race for qualifying how talk us a little bit how you'll be feeling are you nice and calm or is it going to be uh a nerves like how how, how do you feel ahead oh, of a race i'm, I'm gonna be bricking it I, i'm always <laughs> bricking it <laughs> even after two years or three years of racing in the porsche super cup i was still nervous before every race um but i think to be honest, you you can use those nerves um, and actually make you drive a little bit better because you're you become a bit sharper with your reactions. You're you're more like almost on edge, uh, and you know as long as you control that, it can be good. If your shake, if your whole body is shaking, that's not good. Um, you know, if your foot's shaking, you can't be smooth on the throttle and brake. But uh, yeah, I know I know for a fact I'm going to be very nervous, but I think that's when I drive my best, even so. Uh, fingers crossed it works out I'm, I'm not uh, one of the problems I have at the moment is kind of being unaware to certain features of the game and I have to kind of learn those that's why I've done the league racing because I'm getting caught out by certain things like oh maybe I didn't check the weather beforehand I didn't have to do that on our racing it was always dry um, and small things like that so I've got to I've got to make sure that even when I'm nervous I'm still checking everything making sure I'm not making any silly mistakes and, you know, messing up my chances because of that. Um, so, yeah, it's... I think uh, for a league race I did the other day, I accidentally set my pressures wrong at the start of the race, and so my tyre wear was awful, and it's small things like that that I've got to make sure I'm not doing because of, you know, nerves or running out of time and not checking stuff, so... Yeah, I'm sure I'm going to be very nervous, but I think that's probably a good thing, to be honest. If you're not nervous, you're, you're probably not taking it seriously enough. Yeah, and, and I and I 100% agree with that. I think I think you're right with that theory. And yeah, I suppose that leads me on to say that thank you very much for, for coming on the Talking Ball podcast. I'm very much looking forward to the 2021 F1 esports pro championship and i know everyone in rebel racing honda will be supporting all six of you this series and yeah we we wish you all the best sebastian and hope hope you got off to a flyer 13th number 13 i mean stars stars can align can't they <laughs> yeah no thank you very much i've uh, enjoyed this a lot and yeah fingers crossed we get off to a good start yeah i'll have to see how it goes but yeah thank you for having me on and uh, yeah i'll speak to you soon Speak to you soon. Thanks, Seb. Well done, boys. We know you'll smash it, Sebastian. That's it for this eSports special edition of Talking Ball. Make sure you keep in touch with the team on our socials and at RedBullRacing.com. 
We'll be back soon with more on and off track action from the team. Until then, take care. <laughs>